Thank you so very much. It's really wonderful to be with you all and to see so many familiar faces when we walked in here this morning. You are really very special people. Thank you for your warm welcome and your love towards us. Uh, we really appreciate it. And thank you so much for that ministry this morning. It was very special. We really appreciate that. So um, I'm just going to give a, a short report of what the Lord has done in this last year. It's really such a privilege to, to walk with the Lord in the nations. He is doing amazing things. And uh, thank you that you are a part of that uh, through your prayers and standing with us. And, and God is just truly amazing. If we can get the PowerPoint going, I'm just going to get straight into it. Um, we have... Uh, Two weeks ago, when we first arrived here, um, one of our friends in Indianapolis asked us, so how many trips have you taken this past year? And we said, we don't know many, we don't count. But he said, so count it, I want to know. So we actually went and counted it, and it was more than 65 trips that we have taken just in this last year. That's we. I don't know how we do that, because, I mean, that's just the Lord. I, I think part of it is he lets us find very cheap tickets. Um, <laughs> truly, truly, people are amazed when they hear what we paid to travel far distances and it's really just the Lord making a way for us he's our truly our way maker and miracle worker so uh, just a report um, so that's the region we work in mainly is in Eurasia the former Soviet Union Russian speaking countries some, some of them are not that Russian speaking anymore but God is moving in that region in amazing ways and it's mainly in that region that we've traveled so much this last year but we've also gone a little bit outside of our region. Here we've been in the Philippines. We had um, leaders together from all over the world. From we, uh, The whole globe is divided into 13 regions. And we had the leaders from all the 13 regions, from South America, um, Africa, all the regions of Africa, China, India, um, the Middle East, and Russia. And we had them all together and had an opportunity to speak to them about how can we better mobilize the global church to be on mission with God. And it was so amazing discussing strategies and just how can we be more effective? How can we see more people understand that God has a heart for all lost to hear the gospel and be saved and all unreached to hear the gospel for the first time. And so it was just an amazing time that we had with them. We thank the Lord we were able to, to um, uh, present a workshop that were really very practical in discussing how can we be more effective. We also went to uh, Europe. They asked us to come to the Europe conference. You know, you're in Europe, the church is dying. The many, many churches in Europe are turned into Muslim mosques. Very sad. Very, very sad. And uh, you can go city after city, and you will see churches that used to be church buildings, now with the Muslim, the Islamic signs, and turned into mosques. And the church has sh shrunk, declined in growth tremendously. But we had the opportunity to gather with this group of people. We call them almost, you know, like a remnant group that still has a passion that believe God can do something through the church in Europe. And so it was amazing. We could encourage them and spend time with them and also talk about strategy. How can we do this better? Because we believe God is not done with his church in Europe. He can change it around. He can grow it again. The church in Europe, there's now so many Muslims in Europe. They have an amazing opportunity. God has brought the nations from so, from the Middle East, Africa, right to their doorstep. And they have such an opportunity, the church there, to make a difference. So it was wonderful to spend the time with these people and just encourage them in that way. We've also been to Serbia. Um, 
we fr in the capital city of Belgrade, we went to a very traditional church day. But God has just changed their hearts and turned them around. They really caught a vision for the nations. Serbia is really a, a, a pathway almost from many Muslim nations to Europe. Um, and many people, immigrants that go through Serbia, coming there to find jobs, but then moving through Serbia to Europe to find jobs. And we help them see that this is an opportunity that God gives you to really reach these immigrants, influence them. And it was really a wonderful time just to see the, the, the change of worldview that took place in the church while we were there. And we also went to a smaller city in Serbia, in the city of Syriamsko Mitrovica, where we... Um, yeah, <laughs> it took me a little while to learn it, but it's um, it was a lovely time. We spent time with the pastor and about 12 or 13 of his leaders in the church, and we just also had an amazing time speaking about how can our church be more missional? What does it mean to be on mission with God? Sometimes we think of mission as, you know, just one or two or three that go to Africa or China or India. And we spoke about how can every member in our church be on mission with God right here where we are, and it was really an amazing time. They got so excited about what God can do through them so it was really a, such a blessing um, we also went to Kyrgyzstan and Kazakhstan in the in Central Asia Muslim nations are very restricted very dangerous for Christians there but God has given us the time that we have trained two national teams there for the past five years we went there often presented courses and eventually we were now at the place where we could train these national teams that will carry on with the job they will now go to churches and help churches to understand how can they be on mission with God in their own nations and in Central Asia um, it was so exciting to spend time with them. We've also released some new courses to them. Um, Etienne is also under. Etienne is not with us today, but he is um, he's, he's just flying today from Kyrgyzstan, where he did youth Kairos courses, to uh, back to Russia. And he sends lots of greetings to the, all the churches in the States, but he's doing very well. So we had this wonderful opportunity to just mobilize young people to be on mission with God. So they, this church, if you see on that photo on the right, there's a few Indian people there. So they realize, but there's all these Indian students that come to um, Kyrgyzstan, to the city of Bishkek, to study. They come to study engineering, all kinds of stuff. And they said, we can reach out to these Indian young people. And they started to invite them to church, make friends with them. And uh, they are now being mobilized to, um, to reach their own people when they go back to India. So because they all will go back, they're just students in Kyrgyzstan. So it's just amazing to see the church catch the vision. We can reach the nations right here around us and then make an impact in that way. Um, we also want to ask you to just pray for Gulia. Gulia is one of our Kazakh um, mobilizers, the one on the right with the dark hair. But she is very sick. They have just, um, they have a f about six months ago, or so they have diagnosed her with um, stomach cancer, stage four. But she is just trusting the Lord. She is so on fire for the Lord. If you look at her and her face and her smile and just how on fire she is, you will never say she's that sick. But she's just trusting. We're trusting the Lord for a miracle for Gulia. Please pray with us. We know God can. She's got such a passion to see Kazakhstan mobilized for the Lord Jesus Christ and such a passion for her people and so we really trust the Lord she's now in January she went for her 10th um, chemo series of chemotherapy the strongest medicine that they're now going to try so please pray with us that the Lord will really raise her up we trust him that it's not yet her time and um, 
We've also been to Ukraine, Russia, Belarus, Mongolia, also just introduced new tools that the church can use, that the mobilizers can use to help churches see how can we be more effective in reaching people in our cities, in our communities. Um, we've also been to Mongolia. That's uh, our Mongolian national team on the left bottom sitting around the white table there, strategizing, planning more courses and uh, events to help churches see how can we make a better impact. Mongolia, the Mongolian church has a, a vision. There's now about 2 to 3% Christians in Mongolia. They want to see it in the next 2-3 years grow to 10, 10%. So that's thousands more. So we really trust the Lord to, to do amazing things in Mongolia. Um, of course, Revival Bible Center, this is the team you have been supporting for many years. It's now really, I, th I think we've been coming to the U.S. for 20 years already. And so um, it's amazing. This ladies were just simple ladies in the church. That's, you know, nothing special about them. Just normal people, if I can say it that way. But God has used them in amazing ways. Um, they're really such a special team. And this is our core team in Russia that's been working with us in all these nations in Eurasia. Natalia on the right there, she's, she's leading the 24-7 prayer center in Samara. Um, just next to her is Gulia. Gulia is training um, children's ministry workers all over Eurasia, Russia, Ukraine, Georgia. Uh, yeah, this is another Gulia. Sorry, this is another Gulia. This is our <laughs> Russian Gulia. Um, Nina and, and Irene, she, Nina and Irene um, is going also all over Asia, presenting Kairos courses and mobilizing churches to be on mission with God. Galia at the front right, um, just recently we, we saw a, a magazine in Samara, it's in Russian, it's, it was made by the Russian city government. Um, so it's not a Christian magazine, but they have, it's full of articles about people in the city who have made um, a, a tremendous impact in the city. What's the word I'm looking for? You said it. <laughs> okay. So so she was, they just recognized and honored her for what she's done uh, in the ministry to the gypsies in the city, for her and her team. And it was just so amazing to, s to see them, the government, recognizing what they're doing. Of course, they... It's it's a it's not a Christian uh, magazine, uh, it's a, a journal. They said in the journal that um, she's from Revival Bible Center in Samara, um, but they recognize what she's done just in this ministry to the gypsies. They helped gypsy children to go to school. Many of those gypsies have no documents like passports or identity cards. They help them to get that. They go to houses, just help people fix their houses. Um, just amazing what they're doing. And of course, they're telling them about Jesus. And so now there's a wonderful gypsy church that started among them. So it's just an amazing work that they're doing in the city. And of course, our little mama there in the middle at the bottom, she's 82 years old this year, but she is running with the Lord. She's the one, all the courses that's presented all over Russia, and that's many every year, many, many courses, like one almost every second week in another city. And she's preparing all the material still, having it go to printers, have it printed, organized, packed, shipped to the different cities. It's a lot of work, but Clara does it with so much passion. She said, this is my call. This is how I'm I am on mission with God. So please remember to pray for our little Mama Clava. And then, um, so please continue to pray for the RBC team. They're really an amazing team. And um, this is the team you've been supporting for so long. So they asked us when we they heard we coming, they said, please thank New Covenant Church as well for um, all their input into our lives. And then um, we have been to, to Siktivkar, 
It's a city in the f north, far north of Russia, um, mobilizing a least rich people group called the Komi people. So we went to this church. They're really a least rich people group. They have just the, some of the people there on the left hand in that group of ladies sitting there are Wycliffe Bible translators, and they're now busy editing the first Komi translation of the Bible. And uh, as we did this course with them, amazing people, um, they said, oh, but, but we have another least rich people group, the Mansi people, that live just in the next like state next to us and we can do something about it we need they have no bible we need to translate the bible for them and we need to take the gospel and so they are now so on fire they say it's our responsibility to take the gospel to the Muncie people it's just amazing to see them being so on fire for that we've also been to st petersburg um with Nina, it's really uh, amazing what God did there. This is a group of, of young people, all former, all every one of them in that photo with that certificates are former drug addicts. But God has changed their lives. Some of them have, have gone several times on mission trips to, to places like China and Chechnya, where it's really, really dangerous to preach the gospel. Chechnya and Dagestan, they go there and they just willing to lay down their lives for the sake of the gospel. Many of them are pastors of churches now. It's amazing. If you hear their testimonies, they really lived on the streets as drug addicts. Many of those girls were prostitutes on the streets, but God just changed their lives around. It's really amazing. And so we had an opportunity to speak to them about, you know, what can we do more? How can we be more effective in reaching the nations and the lost and the unreached? And it was really amazing to hear their, their strategies and their plans. they on fire with the Lord. This whole denomination denomination, the denomination that they are from, um, that after we did Kairos with their main church in Vladivostok, they said, oh, but there's so many least rich people groups in Russia, we didn't know that. And so th they chose 49 least rich people groups in the, Serbi in the Siberia region to pray for. They said, we're going to pray for these least rich, it's minority groups. And uh, they prayed for them for some time and then felt God said, no, you need to take the gospel to them. They started work. They have planted churches now in 26 of those 49 least rich people groups. Really, And just that's just in the last year or two. So God is doing really amazing things. And we thank the Lord for that. We also had an opportunity to do some work with children's minister, Gulia, like I said, one of our girls. She said to us, please come and speak to, we are gathering 100 children's ministry workers um, in Kiev and we want you to please come and speak to us about how can children be on mission with God? And we thought, man, we know nothing about children. We are not married. We don't know. Lord, what did, but God gave us such amazing ideas, and we started sharing with them about how children can be on mission in their school, in their, in their, you know, in their community. And it was an amazing time. Many of these children's ministry workers said, you know, we were ready to quit, but now we're on fire again. It was just amazing to see God move in their hearts. It was such a special time. We just loved it. And then, of course, Kalmykia, the the Buddhist region where many of you have gone, uh, the Buddhist Republic, God is still working there. In December, um, Svetandem took to the village, they took some presents for the children, they had celebrations and, and even met with the parents and teachers and really had opportunity to share the love of Jesus with these people and are really making a difference in this village community. They also took some of these children to, to the city and uh, some of these children, a uh, hairdresser has never cut their hair, you know, and it was just an amazing experience for these young children when they got out of the village, some of them, many of them, for the first time of their lives. So God is working. Uh, oh, 
I'm not even going to show you that. I'm just going to tell you. Um, please continue to pray for us um, and for our team. Um, in many ways, this has not been an easy year because um, in this past year, Erika's dad passed away. Um, my dad had a heart attack and he's still in hospital, very weak. But we trust in the Lord. He is our way maker. So, and, and, and we trust the Lord to continue to do his work in and through our lives and the lives of our families. But please, when you remember us, also pray for our families. Sometimes, you know, that makes it a bit, a little bit difficult, but the Lord is faithful. Um, the Lord has so encouraged us. We, so, we were so blessed that you sang that song this morning, Waymaker, because that's like the song the Lord gave us on the plane flying here um, for our families. So we just thank the Lord for that. Erika will come and continue. <laughs> Hallelujah. Good morning. Uh, what a privilege to serve the Lord. Is it, is it at all possible to stand closer yeah. to I like to to be where you are <laughs> this feels a little fur far away for me thank you so much I appreciate that um, just thank you Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. So thank you so much for the worship and the prayer and the word and just your hearts. Uh, what a privilege it is. We would we like to say uh, everywhere where we go, God is on mission. I mean, yes. But we like to hear back from the people that we minister to and we say, God is on mission for you to respond, and I am on mission with God. So if I say, God is on mission, okay, now we're going to say it as we mean it, okay? <laughs> like, really? So maybe you can look at the person next to you and you can answer this, God is on mission. Hallelujah. We sang again, like Marina said, Waymaker, Miracle Worker. That's who, that is who you are. But then we sing this amazing part with it. God never stops working. God never stops working. I mean, that is amazing. God always fulfills His purpose. He's always busy doing something, even if we don't understand it. But God has a purpose and God has a plan. God created his purpose in Genesis 1 and 2. He revealed it. He created human beings. He said, I am sending you forth to Adam and Eve to rule and reign with, with him through the earth, to cultivate, to do God's purposes. You know, the fall did not change God's plan. God isn't now busy with plan B. He's still busy with plan A. And in Revelations 21 and 22, we see his plan fulfilled. Oh, hallelujah. We are not working towards something we don't know. We are working towards the plan that God has shown us already. And all through Genesis 3 until Revelations 20, God is outworking his plan. God is on mission. And I am on mission with God. He created us to continue with that. 
to never stop working with God. Praise God, he's never stopped working. But praise God, I don't have to stop either. But with God, he's called us and we have a purpose. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but that really excites me. It, you know, I, I just thank the Lord that he loves us so much that he, that he wants us to participate with God. We don't work, wi we don't work for God. We work with God. Man, a privilege. We work with the creator of heaven and earth, the God of the universe. Wow, that's amazing. You know, just saying it excites me. It's really. And so I, w I would like us to, to just read some, some verses. I know what I'm going to say today is nothing new to you. This is a church that lives on mission with God. But for some reason... God wants to remind us. He wants to encourage us. And God wants to tell us to not give up. I loved the word this morning that God is calling us to persevere, to continue with him. So let's not become tired and weary. David Platt, you all know David Platt. He's a good writer we love his books he made this one statement i'm sure you know it i'm going to say it anyway because it just profound it's amazing david platt says my greatest fear in life is not failure but is that i would succeed in the things that don't matter In how many things do we succeed, but it has no eternal value? God wants us to keep our eyes focused on that which he wants for us. The good works he has prepared for us. In Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2, very amazing scripture, verse 8 to 10. And I'm sure you all know it even off by heart. But it speaks about that we were created in Christ Jesus. Who's created in Christ Jesus? If you are not, you're not born again. If you are a born again Christian, a believer, a follower of Jesus, it means that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. He has created you within himself. Praise the Lord. We are not saved by works. We are saved by Jesus and Jesus alone. That is an amazing revelation he saved us because he loves us because he has a purpose whatever he did it but if we are now saved and we are created within christ jesus there is something that goes on in the scripture it says you are god's workmanship created within christ jesus for what so we are not saved by works but we are saved for works. He has prepared beforehand for each one of us works to do. His works, not ours. His works. And the amazing thing is he, want to he wants to accomplish that through our lives. Yes, we labor with him, but in his strength. <laughs> But he's calling us to continue with those works. 
And the problem with the church over the world today is we have become so busy, so, so busy, that we don't have time anymore. <laughs> we don't have time for the works that God has prepared for us. We succeed in the things that have no eternal value. But God wants us to bear fruit in the things that has eternal value. We are not laboring in vain. Before I go on to really the word that God has given us, this morning as I was praying again about the service, the Lord just reminded me of the, the, this parable that you also know very well, uh, Matthew 20. So if you have a Bible, you can open Matthew 20. I'm going to run through this parable quickly. This is a, a parable that we've heard many times. It's about workers in a vineyard. That there was this vineyard owner who's going to the marketplace to find some workers in his field. So this whole the kingdom of God is like a landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage and sent them out to work. At nine o'clock in the morning, he was passing through the marketplace and saw the peop some people standing around doing nothing. Doing nothing, just standing there waiting. How many of us <coughs> are standing around just waiting, doing nothing? But God has prepared good works. And so what does he do? He says, um, what are you doing? Go into my, in my vineyard and work. I have things for you to do. And so he's, he sends them into his, labor, into his um, uh, vineyard too to go and work. So they went to work in his vineyard. And then at noon, again, and at 3 o'clock he did the same thing. At 5 o'clock that afternoon, he was in town again. Five o'clock. Now the day ends at six. So at five o'clock, one hour left, he goes in and he again finds people standing around and he asks them, why haven't you been working? Can you hear the Lord? Why haven't you been working today? Where they replied, because no one hired us. Okay. The landowner told them, then go out and join the others in my vineyard. I want to just come back and say, we, this parable speaks about a reward. It, uh, it does speak about that. And, and so I don't want to take away from what this parable is saying. It speaks about that the reward in Christ is the same whether we work the whole day or the end. I don't know where in your life you are. If you are on the ninth hour of your life, the twelfth hour, the the third, you know, three o'clock, maybe some of us are already at five. But still, the Lord is so gracious. He's saying, come, I'll hire you. As the Father has sent Jesus, so Jesus is sending his people to work in his vineyard. He's calling us for that. He has prepared for each one of us works to do. God is on mission. I am on mission with God. And he wants us to fulfill that purpose. And so, yes, it's about reward. Absolutely. And our reward is eternal life. Our, our reward is to rule and reign with Christ in the heavenly places. Oh, my word, to continue in the age to come. Our preparation is here. 
But the age to come is coming. <laughs> and we will continue with Christ, ruling and reigning on the heavens and the earth. I mean, it doesn't matter what we believe about it. This is what the word says. But I want to also focus in this specific parable about Jesus coming to his church today and asking the same question. It's not about the harvest. It's about the workers. God is just as desperate for a harvest outside of new souls that will worship him. Yes, he's desperate for that. But he's just as much desperate for mature laborers in his field. And we are those laborers. He wants us to participate. When Jesus said, um, the laborers are few, but the harvest is ready, at that specific time, I believe the laborers were really, really few. There were 12, and then 120, and, and you think about that. That is really few. Today, the picture is a little different. The potential laborers today, there are 700 million born-again Christians today in the world. People like you and me. I'm not speaking of traditional Christians. I'm speaking about people like you and I who follow Jesus with all of our hearts. 700 million potential laborers. Uh, today, all over the world, there are 5 million churches like ours. 5 million churches. There are 7,000 unreached people groups left in this world. More or less. 7,000 unreached people groups. Ethnic groups that have never heard the gospel, that doesn't have a church, who needs a Bible, etc., etc. 7,000. The task, look amazing. I mean, it's big. Yes? But if there are 5 million churches, if you take your calculator, that means for every one people group left, there's 710 churches. What is happening in the vineyard of God? My question again, if Jesus is coming today into his vineyard, would he say, why are you standing around? Go, I am, I am hiring you. There's a reward, yes. But go and do the work that he's prepared for each one of us. Imagine if just half of those churches, just half of them, ha half of them, <laughs> would, s would decide to actually be on mission with God. We would have more than 300 churches for one unreached people group. Don't you think the task can be done? Just like that. I believe this, this parable is reminding us that God wants to come. And as David Platt said, we need to focus on the things that really matters. And so, in, um, it, is, it is something that the Lord is putting on our hearts more and more, is to remind the church of the good works that he's prepared for them. Not to give up, 
but to continue. In the book of Hebrew, Hebrews, um, in chapter 10, from verse 19 until the end, the title in my Bible, the New Living Translation, is A Call to Perseverance. And in it, it speaks about the amazing thing that Jesus did for each one of us. But then it comes to verse 23, 24, 25, and it says that when we get together, we need to encourage one another to acts of services, to acts of love, to the good works that God has prepared. To encourage one another. Now, when lost, that you go to your neighbor and say, Hey, how's it going with the good works God has called you to do? Are you still doing those good works or are you too busy? Yes, don't neglect coming together, Hebrews 10 says. For what reason? To encourage one another to do the good works. Why? Because Jesus is coming. He's coming. And that's what Hebrews says. You continue to the end. It says, his coming is at hand. And so he's waking up his church. He's saying, come on. Do the good works that he's called us to do. I would like to, to end with a story. Um, maybe you guys know about Matt Edmonds. Matt Edmonds is an American guy who is a shooter for the Olympics, like a gold medalist, you know, a target shooter. Okay, I don't know what it's in, in English. Okay, so a target shooter, Matt Edmonds. He was, he's won many, many gold medals. So in 2004 at the Olympics in Athens, Matt Edmonds was again competing for the gold medal. I mean, he's the number one. At that stage, there was no one that could come close to him. So in the finals, Matt Edmonds is so far ahead that the only thing he needs to do is hit the target. He doesn't need to hit the bullseye. Just the target. And he will win the gold medal. And so Matt Edmonds, he's just not a target hitter. He's a bullseye hitter. I mean, we like to hit the bullseye. So Matt is aiming. Now imagine this. Dead quiet. Matt's aiming. And he's looking at the target. I mean, can you imagine? And he shoots. And he hits the bullseye. Right in the center. So Matt's so excited. He can feel this gold medal dangling around his neck. He, he's tasting the victory. You know, just this, his heart is pounding. I did it. My lifelong goal. And he turns around and he looks at the scoreboard and he's been relegated down to the eighth position. What does that mean? So he's waiting for the officials to fix their mistake. You know, they accidentally put him in eighth position. He hit the bullseye, but nothing changed. So he's not sure what's going on, so he's looking around, and he looks at his target, and as he looks, he comes to this understanding. He hit the bullseye, but of the target of his competitor. 
He did not hit his own. And when I read that, saw that, I thought, oh my goodness. Lord, that is so much us in your church. There are so many things where we hit the target, but it's not the target that you've placed in front of us. God has a mission. He's working to fulfill his plans. And we need to continue to work with him on his purposes. To see every tongue, tribe, and nation reached wherever we are. Even if we work, even if we are a school teacher or an engineer or a plumber or whatever work God has create, called you to do. If you've prayed and that's the work God gave you, then that's your mission field. Then you, every morning, are awoken by God with the same Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, that is within you, you hear Jesus saying, as I was sent by the Father, I am sending you today. Go and fulfill my purpose. Be the missionary God's created you to be. For some of us, yes, it's to go to Russia or Kalmykia or India or China, Rwanda, Brazil, wherever. But for others, it's to go into the house of the person across the street. It is to go to the school where God has given you a job, where you are still a student. That's your mission field. And we can get up every morning and say, God, I am on mission with you, or I can aim at the wrong target and miss it completely. Succeed in things that has no eternal value. But let's continue with God, for God is on mission. So today, as I encourage you, I'm encouraging myself to persevere, to ask the Lord, Lord, is this the works you've prepared for me? If it is, give me the strength and the power to do this for the honor and glory of your name. If not... Give me the strength to cut it away. I will not keep myself busy with things God has not prepared for me. I want to do that which is on his heart for today. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, we, uh, we are humbled by your word. For when you speak, your word will not return to you void. But it will always fulfill that which you've sent it for. And so as this, this encouragement by your spirit to each one of us. That we shouldn't stand around and do nothing. But we should take up our cross and follow you. We should every day know what the good works is that you have prepared for us. And continue in them daily. I pray that your spirit will continue as we finish even the service to remind us that we are sent forth by Jesus as a missionary. You have not just called three or four or five percent of, of your people to be on mission with you. You have given each one of us your spirit. If we are born again, we have the spirit of God. And if we have your spirit, Lord, we are called. 
I pray that we will walk in obedience of that. Father, show each one in this church if they are still aiming at the right target. And if we are aiming at the wrong target, I pray that you give us the courage to lay down those things that's not from you. That sometimes is so much harder than aiming at the right target. To lay down those things that keep us so busy so that we can't fulfill your purpose. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would just bless this church in abundance. That this church will be known as a people that serves their God. Father, as a, as a church that is on mission with you, that reaches to every person and every people group in the world, that they are on mission with you, even if it's prayer, intercession, going to the coffee shop to pray, if it is to go to Brazil to pray for the sick and the lame, if it is to just be the salt and light wherever we are, I pray that this will be known in this church. Give them wisdom and revelation, understanding of your purpose. You are working and you never stop. May we also never stop, but continue in your spirit. It is not by our own strength or by our own might, but it is by your spirit. Help us to see with your eyes and to hear with your ears, Lord. I ask your blessing and your abundance to rest upon this place in Jesus' name. Amen.